Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 58. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are You? Do you know what? I have just had the busiest few weeks so much traveling, speaking, training, and don't get me wrong, I love every minute of it, but sometimes it absolutely wears me out and it gets me so super tired. So I have to be really careful to take care of myself. And I don't know about you, but when I travel, all my self-care goes out the window. I am a very social person. So when I'm away, I really like to go out and see places and meet people, normally have several glasses of wine or a few gin and tonics, And like I said, I don't end up looking after myself very well. I don't get to bed very early. I then do long days. And if you do a job where you're having to present yourself, it's it's quite hard work. And I know that sounds daft because I feel like I'm very genuine when you see me. And hopefully if you've met me recently, because I met some amazing people at Atomicon uh, 19 and a few podcast listeners, which was awesome. So if you have met me, then hopefully you think I am the same as I am here, but sometimes when you're trying to be just on form all the time, it can be really, really tiring. So I'm a little bit tired, I have to say, recording this podcast, and I'm trying to batch ahead because next week I'm off to Social Media Marketing World, which is going to be fabulous and wonderful and really good fun. But again, it's going to be full on. It's going to be long days, lots of learning, lots of meeting people, lots of catching up with people that I've had on the podcast, my friends. Hopefully I'm going to get to see Amy and Pat and Rick and Jasmine and all those lovely people. So it's going to be a really good week, but it's going to be totally full on. Of course, by the time this podcast episode comes out, I'm actually going to be back from Social Media Marketing World. Sometimes it all gets very confusing. But anyway, enough about me. How has your week been? 
And also, how has the first three months of the year gone? Can anybody actually believe we're through the first three months? Because I can't. I don't know where this time has gone, but it's gone way too quick. And even though I achieved some things that I wanted to, and I have made progress on other things, actually, there is still things that I think, okay, I've not progressed as I should have done. And also sometimes things just change. So you might have a plan and you might have a direction in which you think you're going and then something in your world or in the business or someone you meet or something someone said then makes you just readdress things. And actually over the past few weeks, I've really had this. And you'll know quite a few weeks ago on the podcast, I said to you that I might be taking a slightly different direction, not massive, but I was going to be focusing the podcast more on all aspects of digital marketing and selling online rather than just really specifically social media. Now, don't worry, I am still going to talk lots about social media. We still have some great guests coming up, but also I want to I want to see it with everything else because do you know what? That's how I've always seen it. Social media is just one of the many tools that as marketers and business owners that we have in our tool belt in order to market our businesses. So I don't know about you, but hopefully you'll agree with me that actually adding in these other elements make complete sense. And hopefully it's going to give you a better and bigger, more rounded way to approach your own marketing and more skills, more tools, more tips, more strategies. And hopefully you're going to love it even more because I love the podcast. I love doing it. I love hearing when you guys send me DMs or when you put things on Insta story or you tweet me and you say cool stuff about the podcast. It really does help because sometimes you sit in a room, which I'm doing now on my own, wittering onto myself. So it can feel a little bit odd and lonely at times. But when I get those messages back, it just makes me feel like, yes, this is working and you guys are getting some real benefit from it. So thank you. Also, while I'm talking about that, is it terribly awful if I ask you to go and give me an iTunes review? I would really appreciate that. It's just that if you are on iTunes and you're trying to move your way up the charts, one of the things that help is reviews. So if you are happy to go give me a five-star review, I would love you forever. Thank you so much. Anyway, on with today's episode and enough of me wittering on. Now, we're at the end of these three months, aren't we? So we've done the first three months of the year, and I know we did a review at the end of 2018. If you haven't done that review, if you didn't see it, I'm going to hook up to that episode in the show notes. So you'll find the show notes at www.theresaheathwearing, all one word, no hyphen, dot com forward slash 58, as in the numbers, not the word. And every episode's exactly the same. So if you're listening to any episode and you want to find the show notes, it's always forward slash and the number of the episode. But I'm going to link up to the previous episode that I did back in the end of 2018, where we reviewed our entire year. And even if you didn't get a chance to do it then, there's nothing to say that you can't go ahead and do it now or do it whenever you're listening to this episode. But what I wanted to focus this episode on is some of the analytics and the stats that I look at in my business to see how well my business is doing. And I'm going to talk you through, especially on social media, 
what some of these things mean. So I'm going to talk you through the Facebook analytics. I'm going to talk you through Twitter and Instagram. I'm also going to do a teeny bit of Google analytics and just let you know the sorts of things that I look out for when I look at my own stats to see how well my business is doing. And I'm going to explain to you what it all means so you can work out whether actually your effort is having an effect on your own social media and your own traffic and your own marketing. So hopefully this is going to be a really, really good one for you today. And I often get questions around this. So I'm really excited to dive in and explain all. Okay, we're going to get started with Facebook and we're going to be looking at the insights tab. So if you have a Facebook page, which if you're running a business and you're using Facebook for business, then you absolutely should have a Facebook page. But if you have a page, you will see there is an insights tab. And I'm just going to go through the page summary in terms of what they're tracking and what that means. Okay, so the first thing it shows me is actions on page. Now, this is your call to action button, which is underneath your cover photo on the main page. So it shows you how many people have clicked that button and taken the action you're asking them to take. Now, okay, I should probably have said something at the beginning as a prerequisite. Now, I'm not going to give you ideal numbers because basically there is no ideal number. There is no standard. There is no level in which I can say you should be achieving this. The thing that you should always be tracking with your own stats and your own social media and your own website is, can you improve it? So it doesn't matter where you're starting. It doesn't matter if you're getting one like a month or, you know, 20 likes a day. It's all about improving from the next step. So like I said, there is no base level here. Do not sit here thinking I, I'm going to say you should have this number of likes or this number of impressions or whatever. It's all about looking at where you are today, seeing what you can do to improve, and then looking at where you are in a week or a month or six months. So it's all about going forward and improving, not about comparing yourself to someone else. So don't do that. Anyway, let me go back to where I was. So like I said, actions on page, the number of people who have done the action underneath your cover photo, so the call to action. Then the next one, I'm going to go, it's a grid and I'm going from left to right and then down. The next one is page views. So this is the number of people who have looked at your page. Now, this can actually be quite an encouraging figure in the sense of you might find that you don't have a whole lot of engagement, but you might find that actually quite a few people have looked at your page. They just haven't chosen to interact with you for whatever reason. And if they've looked at your page, the chances are they've seen that big cover photo. And as I've mentioned lots of times before, you should be using that cover photo at the top of Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn in order to promote who you are and what you do so that people know instantly what you offer. So the page views is a really good one. The next one is page previews. Now, what this will be is sometimes if someone comes up in your feed and you hover your mouse or your, I don't know if it works on your finger actually, but if you hover over their picture or their name, it will bring up a little preview box of who they are. That's what that is. So it will show you how many people have previewed this. And also, sorry, these stats, they default for the last seven days. You can turn it into the last 28 days as well. Then the next one down is page likes. And obviously that's the number of people who have come and liked your page. Then post reach, that's the number of people that have seen your posts. Now these could be multiple um, people or these can be some of the same people, but it's the number of people who have seen the post that's been put in front of them. 
recommendations. If anybody's recommended you, that's the next thing. It just tells you how many people did that. The next one down is post engagement. Now, reach and engagement, they're interesting because reach is a little bit of a vanity metric because you could reach thousands, but if no one engages, they're the wrong people and it's a waste of time. So in post engagements, that's the key bit. You want to be able to see that for the number of people it's reaching, that you're getting a good engagement. And I like to see the kind of percentage difference between them. So what kind of percent of people are engaging based on the number of reach I've had? So that might be something that you want to track or keep an eye on because you're going to be able to tell whether you're targeting the right people and if they're interested in what you're actually putting out there. The next thing is your page responsiveness. And this is based down to how responsive you are. It often comes down to things like messenger and stuff like that. Not too much to worry about here. Obviously, you want to try and be as responsive as you possibly can, but we're all realistic and we all have lives to lead. So don't worry too much about that. Videos, that's the next one. It'll tell you how many video views you've had in those last seven days. And it's a three second view. So even though it might say you've had a few hundred video views and it doesn't have to be of a video you've put up in the last seven days, it could be people going back and watching old videos but it's only telling you people who have watched past three seconds. So that's something to bear in mind that it's not necessarily really long views that you're getting on those videos. And then the next one down is page followers. Now, people ask me what the difference is between likes and follows. Now, you can like a page and it shows up on your own profile. And also, it might recommend that page to some of your friends because you have liked it. If you follow a page, it doesn't show up in your likes. So it's almost a little bit like you're following it secretly, which means you're seeing their content, but you're not liking that page. And one of the things that's really interesting about this is there's a few different businesses and industries that actually this would probably work well for. So for instance, I once did some training with a company that do a diet product, and they were saying that they really struggled to get likes on their page. And I kind of said, I'm not surprised because who wants to be seen to be liking a page of a diet product? It's not really the sort of thing I want my friends and family to see, even if I was looking at it. So I might follow it instead of liking it. So that could be the difference. Also, you can like pages and not follow them. So obviously that will show up as a like, but you're not going to see any of their content. And then the last one on this insight is orders. And obviously, if you have that set up, then you'll see your orders, but I don't. So mine's at zero. So also under the insights tab, there's loads of other things you can look at, but I just wanted to give you an overview of those things, what they are, and obviously remind you again that this isn't that you should be having a certain number. It's purely a case of, okay, that's interesting. That's where we're now today. And let's see if I improve my content or do something different or if I start live videos, then let's see what effect that has on it. So this is a bit brief, but hopefully that gives you an idea of the sort of things that I look at on Facebook. Also, very quickly, the other thing that I look at on Facebook is the types of posts that go down really well. So if you carry on scrolling down, you'll see the posts and how well people have reacted to them. And that will give you a good insight as to what posts your audience like. And therefore, the idea is try and do more of those posts. Now, obviously, don't flood it with just those posts, but just try and do more of them because you'll find that that helps increase your overall engagement on the page. Okay, so let's talk Twitter. Now, as you know, I am a big Twitter fan. I love it. It's where one of my biggest audiences are. However, there's something really 
wrong about their analytics. It often shows incorrect figures and it really drives me crazy. So if you're on your Twitter profile, and now I know how to do this on a desktop and you'll you'll be able to do it on a phone, but I'm just on a desktop, so I'll explain that way. If you're on your Twitter profile, go to the top right where your little face is, click on that, and you'll be able to click analytics and it'll open up a new page and show you your analytics. Now, if you've never looked at them before, I think if I remember rightly, it was some time ago, you just have to have a click a button, say yes, turn them on. However, what should be wonderful isn't because like I said, inevitably the stats are wrong. So for instance, just to give you an idea how wrong they are, my 28 day summary, i.e. what I've done over the last 28 days, it's telling me I've done 10 tweets. Quite honestly, I think I've done 10 tweets today. So this is absolutely wrong. But when it does work, great. So for instance, it gives you each month and it gives you the stats for each month. So it'll first of all tell you your tweet highlights, your top mentions, and give you an example of a few of your tweets, your actual tweets that you've done. And then on the right hand side, it gives you a summary of the month. So it'll tell you how many tweets you've done. It'll tell you your tweet impressions. So your impressions are very similar to reach in Facebook. And that's how many times it's been put into that feed. Again, it can look lovely when you've got, you know, and I've had it some months where it's like hundreds of thousands of impressions, but it's the engagement that's the key thing. So like I said, focus on the fact that even though impressions are great, you really, really want the engagement. So like I said, the next thing it shows tweet impressions. After that, this one's really nice. It shows profile visits again. And actually my profile visits on Twitter are always really good in terms of some of the other things. So I'm always really happy with my profile visits in terms of how many people are coming and looking at my profile. So again, that's a really nice one to see, even if you're not getting the engagement. Then the next one is the number of mentions you've had. So who is mentioning you in their tweets? And again, this is great. You want to be seeing that people are hopefully mentioning you. And then the number of new followers you've got. And if you scroll down, you will just keep seeing for each month that kind of summary. Okay, so check this out. This is uh, totally wrong. I'm looking at mine for February and it said I did two tweets the entire month of February. I absolutely did not do two tweets the entire month of February. So it's really frustrating that for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to be quite working well enough. Anyway, one thing I'm going to talk about at the end is a system that actually does show reporting and hopefully is more reliable than Twitter. Let's go on to Instagram. Now, Instagram is a bit different, whereas the other platforms are really good at giving you historic data. Instagram doesn't give you the best analytics. So again, using an external analytics system could be really, really helpful. Unless you're happy to go in sort of every seven days, then it can be hard to keep track of the progression really. But anyway, let me talk you through what they do. So there's two ways to look at some of your insights. The first one is if you, obviously I'm on an iPhone, so obviously if it's Android, it might be slightly different. But if I go to my Instagram account and I head to my profile, my own profile, so your actual account where you see all your own posts, the first thing I can do is tap on one of my actual posts and click view insights. And then it brings up a little tab at the bottom. And if I scroll up, then it's going to show me some more information. In that section, it shows you how many people have liked it, how many comments you've had, how many people have shared your post with someone else, and how many people have saved it. 
Also, there's a interaction section where it says actions taken from this post and it says profile visits. So basically it might have appeared in someone's feed and they've then clicked on my profile picture to have a look at my profile. Also, if you were discovered anywhere, so it's showing you how you were discovered. So whether you were discovered from impressions from your home, as in people who follow you or from hashtags that you've used or from your profile or from other. Now, I don't know what other is. I will see if I can try and find out actually, but I'm not entirely sure what that other is and what that covers. But obviously the key thing here to look at is, again, reach and impressions are important. So just so you know, on Instagram, the difference between reach and impressions are reach is the number of people, impressions are the number of times. So for instance, I'm just looking at a post I put up an hour or so ago, and my reach is currently 253, but my impressions is 372. So they have shown that to 253 people more than once, or some of them more than once. So I bet it'll probably work out about a 1.3 average views or something that it's showing. I hope that makes sense. If not, let me know, because I, I want you to understand what I mean by that. But basically, like I said, reach is the number of people, impressions is the number of time. So, and the other thing is when it says from home, like I said, these are people who are following me. So in this case, most of my impressions are from people who are following me to their own timeline. But I have had a little bit of impressions from some of the hashtags I used in that post. So that's quite interesting to see when you're looking at particular posts. Now, Obviously, you can go down and review each post in turn and see how it went. However, you can also click at the top right. There's like the hamburger menu, the three dashes. And when you click that, it will open up a side window. And Insights is at the top of that those options, or it is for me on my iPhone. And when you come into here, you can see a more overview in terms of activity. So what's kind of happened on your account, the interactions that have happened, how many profile visits you've had how many website clicks you've had from your bio link, um, how many people have found you in the discovery bit, your reach, your overall impressions. And like I said, it's showing me for the last seven days. Then under content, this is going to talk about my feed. And again, it's going to show me each of my posts and what's gone well and what my kind of reach is on that. And then it's going to show me some of my stories. And I'm going to be able to have a look at whether my stories have had a good reach when you go into each story, it's going to show you how many impressions your story had. So again, if your story's only just come out, your impressions are going to be low. But again, you can look down and see the sorts of things that go down really well. So for me, organic content goes down really well. Sometimes if I'm speaking to camera, it can start off okay, but then it can kind of fizzle out. So I try not to make them too long. If I'm doing an Insta story when I'm talking to camera, I try and only do sort of one or two of them. Okay. And the other one you can view here is your audience and it'll tell you how many followers you've got, whether that's gone up or down, and then it'll give you the locations. So obviously my locations are fairly local, UK, and then some in the States. So you can see the kind of top locations by cities and then the top locations by countries. And then the age range, whether it's broken down between men and women. So mine's 70% women, 30% men. And then the type of followers when they're online. So you can actually have a look at the hours they're online. And unsurprisingly, it works really well kind of first thing in the morning or kind of later on in the day as well. So it does give you some insights, but they're not amazing, I have to say. Now, the other thing you can do is if you're doing Insta stories, 
is when you tap on an Insta story, if you swipe up, then it's going to show you your impressions again. So it's going to show you who's watched your story. And then it's going to say in the discover bit, how many people have seen the story, if you had any follows from it, and then the navigation. So did they exit at this point or did they tap to go forward? So again, if you're seeing on your stories that at some point people are tapping and everyone's tapping forward, then you might want to think about the content for your stories. Okay, so they're the main ones I look at in terms of tracking the results from them. So like I said, I tend to definitely look at obviously followers. I look at the reach. I look at the engagement. I look at what posts are going well. And I try and write those figures down fairly regularly so I can see what movement I've had in them. And then once I can see the movement, I then go back and dig a little deeper in terms of, okay, what was it that I did in particular during that time period that might have had an effect? Or what didn't I do that had an effect? So it's really, really useful to keep an eye on these things to know whether they're doing anything. And also sometimes when you're thinking, gosh, that page is hardly getting any interaction, but then you see that you've had people come to the page and view it, it just makes you feel a little bit better, which is good. So the next thing I want to just quickly talk you through is Google Analytics. Now, hopefully you've got Google Analytics on your site. If you haven't, go back to the person that set up your site and ask for Google Analytics to be plugged in. It's like a free thing. They should be able to do it with ease. I don't know why I started talking about that because I literally have no idea how that bit works. Obviously, I have a tech guy in the team and he sorts all that out. So I'm not going to sit here and give you advice on how to get it to work on your website. I'm sorry, shouldn't have gone there. Anyway, once you have Google Analytics on your website, I want you to just quickly run through some of the things that I track and keep an eye on. So when you go in and view your data, I tend to go into audience and overview, and that's where I get kind of the main stuff from. And again, there is no hard and fast rule in terms of how many website visits you should have, how long they should stay on your site. It's all about tracking against yourself and seeing the results that you can have month on month and what difference you can make. So the first thing it shows is in the top right hand corner, it will select a date range for you. So I like to spread that date range out because it's normally the last like 14 days or 28 days. So I like to do it over a few months because I like to see the difference. But obviously, if you're writing these results down monthly, then you just need to do the last month. So it will then show you a nice graph and you'll be able to see visually how your kind of visits and things are coming on and how busy the site's been. Underneath that graph, you've got a few different options that I'm going to talk you through. So the first one that it's going to show you is users. And this is total users, total people who have been to your site. Now, obviously, this is going to include you in this. However, this is the number of different people. So you are only going to be one of these people. And then the next thing on is going to show you how many of them are new users. So obviously, depending on your type of site, this could be a good or a bad thing. So if you want people to keep coming back and reading your blog, then you don't want a high percentage of new users. However, if you want to keep growing your site, then new users are important. So again, I can't sit here and go, this is a good amount or not a good amount, because it entirely depends on what you offer, what your site's for, and how you are using it. The next one is sessions. Now, sessions are the number of times your site has been visited. So when I said users are the number of people, sessions are the number of times. So obviously you're always going to have more sessions than users. Think about yourself and how often you go into your own website. Obviously you're going to sort of count a number of times for one user. So again, in terms of the number of users against the sessions, 
no kind of hard and fast rule. It's just interesting to see how many times people are going back into the site. And again, you'd expect that sessions to be a really big percentage higher if you were getting lots of returning visitors. But if you're getting lots of new visitors, then obviously the number of sessions is going to be closer to the number of users. The next one that you're going to see is number of sessions per user. So all it's done is averaged out. So mine is sort of 1.46. So it's saying that you know, they've come to my site 1.46 times for each person. But of course, like I said, you'll have me going to it pretty much daily and then loads of other people who have only ever visited once. The next thing you're going to see is page views. So it's how many pages that have been viewed by all those people. So for instance, let's say you've had 5,000 people come to your website or 500, whatever it might be. So let's say you've had 5,000 people come to your website, but they've viewed 10,000 pages on your site, meaning that on average, each visitor is viewing two pages. Again, you kind of have to think about your site and what you're asking them to do. So if you're a shop, for instance, you might want them to view lots of pages because they're looking at products. If you do a blog, the chances are you're going to send people directly from your social media or wherever you promote your blog, direct to your blog, they're going to read it and come off again. So therefore, they won't necessarily go through loads of different pages or view loads of pages. So again, it's just thinking about actually, is that sensible? Does that make sense? The next one is obviously your average page to session. So like I just said, if you've got 5,000 people viewing your site and you have 10,000 page views, then that's going to be two views a person. So it just gives you the average out. Then it gives you the average session duration. Now, this is the amount of time that people are spending on your website. Again, and I know I keep saying this, you need to think about what your website is offering and therefore how long do you expect someone to be on there? So like I said, if it's a product-led site, if it's ASOS or Marks and Spencers or Amazon, then obviously you want people to be on there quite some time because they're going to be looking at things. If you're sending people to read a blog, then they might be on a minute or two or a few minutes. If you don't have a great deal of content on your site, then you can't expect them to be on there very long. So again, it's not that there is a set length of time that they should be on there. It's just an impression of, okay, so that's interesting. They're spending on average two minutes on the site. Can I get that improved? Or is that right? Or has that changed? It's just about reviewing the kind of things that it does now and what it can do. And then the last one is your bounce rate. And your bounce rate, what this means is the number of people who have gone to your site, viewed one page and bounced off it. So they've literally gone to your site and come back again. Now, a high bounce rate is seen as not a great thing because of the fact that it's almost implying that the content they've seen when they get there is not great and therefore they've bounced straight back off or it wasn't appropriate to them and they've bounced straight back off. However, if you are sending them to one page to look at that one page and they view it and then come back off again, then that bounce rate might make sense. So again, it's looking at that rate and thinking, can I improve it? Why might they be bouncing off? Where am I seeing those people come from? And am I putting on social media the thing that they're expecting to see when they get to the website? Also, depending on how your site is built, if you've got a one-page website, then your bounce rate will be really high. Obviously, that's affected by how your site's built, and I won't even try and pretend to go into 
like I might know what I'm talking about because I absolutely don't in terms of building sites. So I'm going to stop right there in terms of talking about that. So like I said, those kind of things are great in terms of your overview of your analytics and some of your basic data to make track of and, and look and see how it's moving over time based on the stuff you're doing. Now, obviously, all these platforms have so much more information. It's amazing. And they do do some really cool stuff, especially analytics, and you can track things and and you can put yourself objectives and stuff. But if you are just starting out, I just wanted to give you the kind of headline rates so that you can track how well your marketing, your social media and your efforts are actually getting you. The other things that I look at from a tracking point of view is obviously the podcast That's my favorite thing. Literally every morning, first thing I look at. And then what else do I track? Also things like inquiries, number of people going into my email list, the size of my email list. So I do keep an eye on all those other things as well. But I just wanted to give you an overview in terms of social media and Google Analytics. Okay, so as I said, there are other external sites that can track and report things for you, which if you want to, then great. But there normally is a cost associated to them. There are free ones, but it depends what you want to get from it. But the ones I've used, there's a cost associated to them. So I do do a lot of tracking within the platform themselves. So one of the ones I used was called Dash This. And this platform is particularly good if you are a social media manager and you are managing social media on behalf of other people. And the reason this is so good is you basically go in and build your report. So you pick which platforms they use, you pick what you want to track, and then you literally go in every month and just kind of rerun the report. It then puts it into a PDF. You can email it straight over to the client Or if you wanted to, you can give the client live access to their report and anytime they go in, it will just automatically update all the stats. It was a really, really good system. I did really enjoy it. It was really simple. However, well, once you'd set it up, there's a bit of work in setting up, but once you've set it up, it was ace. However, it's not cheap. And if you have lots of accounts, which we do, then it soon adds up. So that was the reason I stopped using it in the end but definitely have a look at it. I will link up to it in the show notes. It's called dashthis.com. The other one I'm now looking at, and I'm just starting to use it, so you're going to hear me talk about it on the podcast in the future, is Agora Pulse. So Agora Pulse is a system that basically schedules social media. It listens, it monitors, you can reply to it. It's a really, really good tool for all round management of social media. But one of the things it does as well is reports. So I'm going to be looking at that and hopefully I think I'm going to be getting my reports from there, which will be really helpful. So like I said, I'm going to report on that in the in future episodes. Also, I will link up to it in the show notes. So there'll be a link to Agora Pulse in there. So do go check that out as well. And like I said, there are lots of other systems that do offer some reporting or other So, you know, I'm a big fan of Buffer. I'll hook this up into the show notes. We use that to schedule for some clients and myself. And depending on what plan you're on, you can have some reporting in that. Also, Hootsuite, I think, does a bit of reporting. Social Baker does reporting. So there are loads of them out there. It's just trying to find one that you're happy with at a price point you're happy with. But I wanted to show you in the platform themselves what you should be looking out for in terms of what you should track going forward if you didn't want to use a third-party system. So I really hope that's made sense. I know there's been quite a lot that I've shoved into here and talked fairly fast, as I always do, 
But I just wanted to give you an overview and I do get asked a lot in terms of what's good, what's not good. And like I said, there really is no straight answer to that. All you're trying to do is compete with yourself, ignore everyone else. And the other interesting thing, you know, about everyone else is they don't have to prove what they say. Now, it's really interesting with the podcast. One thing that I have been asked, I think just once actually, someone asked me to send them my downloads to let them know how many downloads my podcast had had. Because obviously what they wanted to do was they wanted to make sure that if they were going to come on, that mine was a big podcast, that loads of people were listening. Now, what's really interesting is I could have said anything, literally anything, because there is no way that they can see how many downloads I'm getting because it's not public information. So sometimes when people are sort of saying to you, oh, I get this, I get these many visits, I get this much interaction, it's not always the case. So try not to worry too much about it. Like I said, put your head down, work in your own lane, work on your own stuff and just aim at getting better, getting more engagement and improving those numbers over time. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope I haven't bored you too much with the analytics side, but I have to say I love the numbers. I think I've talked about this before. Numbers really are my thing. And that's one of the reasons I love the digital space, because when I started in marketing 15 years ago, well, one, what I did in my degree is nothing like I do today. And two, we couldn't prove or track or systemize things, whereas now we can. And I love it. So anyway, I will leave you to it. I hope you have a great week and I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 